Hi everyone, I'm Jackie and welcome to episode 7 of the Heal Thy Gut podcast season 1. I'd like to start off by issuing a trigger warning for anyone who's experienced or knows someone that has gone through drug and alcohol overdose. You can call Lifeline on 13111114 or you can text Lifeline on 0477131114 during midday to midnight across Australia. Today's podcast episode focuses on Are You OK Day and the importance of reaching out for support during this time of uncertainty. The first segment features five of the Headspace Bendigo Youth Reference Group volunteers who are offering their tips to promoting a healthy headspace. The second guest will feature an interview with a Bendigo local who was an ex-tradie who decided to change certain toxic ha- habits that were detrimental to his mental well-being. I hope that you are able to resonate with Matthew's story later on in the podcast. So let's get started. Hi, I just wanted to share a really important reminder that it's okay not to be okay, especially right now. And I think it's really important for yourself and your friends to hear that and to be checking up on them during this time. Whether that's just a message or a call, I know plenty of the people around you would really, really appreciate it. It's also really important to take care of your own mental health. For me, that means yoga, going on a walk. I love taking out the time for myself to rethink, re-engage and connect with the environment and myself. And that is super important during this time. So that's uh, my tip to keep healthy and keep happy during this time. So during these uncertain times and especially in stage four, it's very important to check in on your friends. How I like to do this is to schedule a weekly hangout at the same time every week, usually over Zoom, and I like to learn a new skill along with my friends. So for example, one week we might learn how to cook a certain meal together, we might learn how to do a new exercise routine. I just find that that way it keeps your brain busy and it keeps you socialising and it also gives you a chance to gain motivation to do certain things you might not want to do by yourself because you have a certain amount of accountability as your friends are counting on you. I also think it's really important to check in with your family. Sometimes it can be taken as a given that your family will reach out to you if they need, but that is not always the case. Sometimes people really like to suffer in silence, so it's always a really good thing to make sure you reach out to your family especially. I also like to make a point to check in on my friends that I haven't heard from in a while. It is quite easy to get overwhelmed if you're struggling and even just replying to a message can be too much. But people usually will really appreciate even just a simple message saying that I'm thinking of you, I hope you're okay. So they're my tips to reach out to people during stage four and I hope everyone stays safe out there. Mental health is such an important part of life. It affects our thoughts, emotions and behaviours. And now more than ever, it's so important to check in with ourselves and with those around us. I've been keeping in touch with friends and family through social media, Zoom and via text and phone calls. And I've found that even just a simple message can make a world of difference in someone's life. It's so important to let people know how much they mean to us and that we are always there for them. It's Jet Zimmer here and obviously this week there is big folks on mental health with are you okay day coming up which is awesome it's something that that i'm very passionate about and 
You know, I think that question right there, are you okay, is something that we should start to implement into our daily lives. It shouldn't just be the one day of the year where we, we do check in with others. So simply ask that question to you, your friends, your family members, your work colleagues, whoever it might be. And it's and one thing that a lot of people don't recognise is that simple three to five second act of asking, hey, are you okay, can, can really change the way a person views their life and, um, you know, starts, starts seeing things on a different level, they, they recognise that there is people out there who do care about them. So make sure we're, we're constantly asking this question, guys, and also remember that it is okay not to be okay. So if someone is out there struggling, um, it is great to check in on them. But also, it's great to recognise that, you know, it, it's okay not to be okay because it really is. We're all vulnerable at different stages of our lives. So as long as we keep checking in on one another, we keep supporting one, one another, um, everything will get better, guys. Um tip that I use to keep myself in a healthy space and I'm Hi guys, my name is Belle Grek. I am a member of Headspace Bendigo's Youth Reference Group and I just wanted to share with you probably my favourite um, tip that I use to keep myself in a healthy headspace and I'm sure you've heard of this or you've seen it but it is walking. I walk every day for around an hour. Um, I put on my favourite album and I just make sure that throughout the walk I'm trying to be as mindful as I can. I set my intentions for the day. I usually do it first thing in the morning before the rest of the world gets up because there's something very peaceful about being awake before everyone else is. And it just allows me to um, think a little clearer and see everything in a different light. So if you can, maybe give... Um, going for a walk, a go, you don't have to listen to music, you can listen to your favourite podcast, whatever works for you. But um, since being a frontline worker in the emergency services during the pandemic, I know that if I didn't have this routine um, or this habit, it would be a very different story. And I'm not quite sure that my headspace would be as healthy as it is now. So if you find something that works for you, stay with it and use it. And um, I hope you guys all have a fantastic Are You Okay day. I'd like to acknowledge the five youth reference group members of Headspace Bendigo who offered their time to help me as one of, I'm also a member of that group and I just think the amazing work that we are doing and given that it's Are You OK Day, it's never been a more important moment to prioritise connection with other people and ourselves. So now you will hear from Matthew who will share about his lived experiences and the importance of asking people if they are, are okay every day. Hi Matt, how are you today? Good Jack, how are you? I'm going well, the sun's out so I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> it's beautiful weather. It definitely is. And could you start this interview by saying a little bit about yourself? Yeah, no worries. Well, firstly, thanks for having me on. Uh, it's a real privilege to be able to tell my story with you today. Uh, my name's Matt. I'm, I'm 31 years old. I'm from Bendigo, Victoria. Mm -hmm. I'm a qualified builder by trade. Uh, but at the start of the year, I decided on taking a different path, going into the health and wellness industry. I completed a nutrition coaching course 
close to finishing my Cert 3 in, or in fitness, and now I'm actually in the middle of completing a diploma in counselling. Wow, you're definitely taking on a whole lot this year. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I've just decided to completely change the direction. And what sort of prompted that career change? That's a good question. Well, I had a very success, successful uh, construction company yeah. with three of the best employees I could have ever asked for. But I pretty well, and, and I pretty well had it made, um, so to speak. But the bigger and more successful I was becoming, the more I started delving into toxic habits like alcohol and drug abuse. Yeah, so all through the week, I'll pretty well hang out Friday to come yep. so that I could let my hair down and yeah, escape the pressure. The pressure of work, uh, which was, yeah, like the unhappiness was pretty well consuming my life. Was that yeah, in so regards to like the culture being a tradie as well, like the pressures alongside that? Yeah, I suppose. I suppose you could say that. Felt like I always had to be achieving, yep. uh, especially with work, and to try and to try and fit into society, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, sometimes from Friday night all, all the way through to the Sunday afternoon, I'd you know I'd still be indulging in those toxic habits and just to forget about you know facing up to to Monday Monday work and have to deal with the pressure of the, of the working week. It was quite a quite a hard time. Uh, it took me quite a while to realise that you know, I was heading in the in the wrong direction. Yeah. Um, what sort of helped you come to that realisation? Well, I'd be driving to work on a Monday. Yep. And I'd be sweating profusely whilst you know whilst coming down off a off a big weekend, you know, mm -hmm. like a weekend bender, and. You know, hoping I wouldn't draw attention to the fact that I'd had zero sleep and quite possibly still be under the drugs and alcohol. I was I was pretty pretty good at putting on a show and being an actor. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, and the funny the funny thing is though that I'd always get that Monday gym session in, no matter how wrecked I was after the weekend. But if someone was to say, "Hey Matt, do you mind doing a couple more hours on the tools?" Mm -hmm. I'd say, "No effing way," and thought. Yeah. Of it, you know, like the thought of it would just make me sick. Yeah, so I suppose at the end of last year, it got me thinking, why am I so into keeping in shape, eating healthy, and practicing mindful techniques, but absolutely destroying my body on the weekends? And I realised it wasn't aligning at all with my core values in life, and I was pretty well living a lie, as you could say. I was destroying my body and bringing up all these feelings of guilt, anger, sadness, because I'd felt I'd betrayed myself and, and the person who I really was. Uh, yeah, so during, actually, in December last year, uh, like after the work had ended for the year, I decided to fly to Adelaide and spend some time with family. Yeah. I made the decision not to touch alcohol drugs and I just focused purely on, on my health, fitness, eating well and meditating every single day. And I think it, it was during this time but I suppose realisation actually started to kick in that, well, I'm definitely at my happiest uh, when I'm doing these things like exercising and meditating and eating well. And I felt like the alcohol and drugs I was using as an escape. Yeah. <laughs> so it was actually, I suppose you could call it almost like a light bulb moment that I had mm -hmm. in that December month. Yeah, and, and I actually came to the realisation that the reason for becoming a builder was to 
think you've off the impression that I was this stereotypical. Like tough, tough bloke that doesn't have feelings. (laughs) Exactly right. In in all honesty, it was sort of like a mask, I guess. Like it was hiding your true self. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You put it well there. (laughs) I feel like that's exactly what happened. And it was a real realisation. And it's it's so funny because it, it took me so many years to work out, like almost like I was blindfolded to the fact mm-hmm. that, that that's why I was actually going down that path because I wanted to give off this impression. And you know, all those like all those sayings growing up as a little boy, like real men are found on a construction site, got in an office, and every lady loves a tradie. This sort of, I suppose, like these sort of phrases almost brainwashed me. The thinking that you know, if I became a tradie, you know, I, I won't be seen as a pussy and and like I'll be seen as a real man. Yeah. And I suppose I've always up to my father as well. He's been such a big role model for me. Like I've, he's been my idol growing up, and, and even now, like I always turn to him. And I suppose it was a big part of me that felt like I'd make him proud. I'd become a builder because he was a trainee as well. And, I was going to say, is he in the construction? Yeah, he, he actually, yeah, he is. He's, I mean, he's a bit older now. He, he still tries to have a crack. <laughs> but um, he's, he's, he's get, getting a bit older, a bit older now, so he's starting to slow down a little bit, which is actually quite comforting because I feel like, I don't know, he's, he's just a lot better at listening now and taking his time and he's just always got words to listen. Yeah, so I feel like I'd almost be lost without him, to be honest. Very, very lucky to have him. But, but like I said before, like I feel like all through my adolescent years, I just wanted to make him proud. And he always used to say, "Oh, you know, I'll, I always wanted to be a builder." So he he did a lot of building, but he didn't actually have his qualification. So he's like one of those jack of all trades and master of a few. Yeah, so yeah, that's pretty well. Yeah, why I decided to change my career just because I was just going on those toxic habits, and it was becoming more and more evident that you know, the reason why I was actually doing it was you know, to uh, ask the fact that I was heading down the the wrong path. Yeah, and just going from there, like you mentioned, that exercise, even when you're at your lowest exercise was something that you were always committed to on a Monday morning, despite having no sleep. So how have you found that to be something therapeutic? Oh my God. It's me, to me, exercise. It's, I actually, I consider it as a daily routine, just like brushing your teeth or like having a shower. Like for me, it's a no brainer. Like I I have to do it. it. If I, if I don't do it, I feel like I've let myself down because I know it's such a vital part of me having a happy lifestyle, being mm-hmm. the person that I am. And my mental health, like, like it's definitely saved me. I would say, like, exercise has saved me. And I'm so thankful that I've got the discipline to particip- participate in something, you know, every day. If I didn't have that, you know, it scares me to think where I'd actually be. Um, I'm just every day. I'm so thankful for having that discipline to going for exercise habit. And how long do you do it each day? And what's your like routine like? Yeah, so we I probably do it. Probably exercise for around about 45, 45 minutes to an hour. I try not to go over that time because sometimes 
I feel like uh, much is actually detrimental. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I try and keep it to 45 minutes to an hour. And I, I feel like personally, I like to maybe lose interest after an hour and my, my form might lack or lose interest. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I try and, yeah. And, and look, I, I probably lift weights five days a week. And by exercising, I, I actually include exercising as walking, yoga, maybe Pilates. Okay. It's anything that keeps the body moving and, yeah, anything anything that requires a bit of energy, I consider that exercise. So if it's walking the dog, uh, catching up with a friend for a walk, yep. anything that involves moving the body, uh, I think personally is an official thing. Here, like a man admit to they do yoga and Pilates because, like, it's not the, you know, stereotypical exercise that you would think of so it's, it's good no it's great and I, I really appreciate that and the, the funny thing is I've, I've actually I've, I've been doing yoga meditation for years now but I've only been honest with yeah. forming it in, <laughs> uh, the, the past year because I always felt embarrassed I mean, and, I, and I suppose it's that stigma again that like oh you, you're not going to see a real man you know yourself into those you know weird positions like why would you do that you know, sort of mentality but you know, and, and once again, like this is this is just part of my my routine that you know it just makes me feel feel alive every time that I I do I, I do yoga morning like I, I have to, yeah. And it's just and I, and I recognise if I don't actually do it, it's amazing that the difference makes my mood. Like I, I can tell when I haven't done it. Like if, if mm-hmm. I feel my emotions and feel a bit out of touch, I actually backtrack and I go, well, did I meditate? Did I do my yoga this? Oh no, I haven't. And I'll actually stop and do five minutes. Yeah. And it'll put me back in the group space. What would you say is like a challenge in your story that you face? Oh, I've, I've, I've definitely had my fair share of challenges. Yeah. The one, one challenge, look, coming clean with my family last year in terms of my drug and alcohol abuse, that was, that was really hard <laughs> because because I come from a successful and very well-respected family. Yeah. And and I'd been hiding my toxic babies from, from them for years. And and I think it was, I feel like it was for fear of being judged or possibly excluded from fitting into the family. Mm-hmm. Like, I can remember that there were many, there were many Sunday roads <laughs> <laughs> I'd go to and, and feel absolutely terrible and sick and, and I'd, I'd feel guilty inside because of my actions that I'd done the, the previous night, mm-hmm. catching up with everyone. And that wasn't aligning with both myself or my family value. So, you know, I, I, and I, I suppose I had this feeling that if I came clean, I'd be letting them down. And like family, family to me is such a, you know, such a big thing without my family. Like I've got such a supportive, loving family. And you know, it just means that my family means the world to me. And I felt like if I was to come clean with them, it was, it could be detrimental. And, you know, I'd be kicked out of the pack, so to speak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just did, didn't really want that. But in saying that, in being the hardest challenge, fessing up to my family was actually one of the most rewarding as well, mainly because it's so much closer. I was going to say, members. yeah, has it like improved the quality of connection that you have with them? One hundred and ten percent. To this day, I'd say it's one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. Mm-hmm. 
my my mother is my best friend mm-hmm. at the moment. Like I, I call it, we we talk to each other every single day. Wow. And I feel like it's it's we've got this connection now, which never ever have been apparent if I hadn't best to what I was doing. And my mum is like the most caring, generous kind-hearted person and I'm not just saying that in a biased way <laughs> like I know that sounds quite biased but I'm I'm, general, I'm actually being completely honest there yeah. and we've our connection has definitely grown since I'm now vulnerable mm-hmm. to, to how I actually am feeling and it's made such a big difference to my, to my whole life and, and all my relationships including with my family and with my friends they obviously yeah. like resonated with your vulnerability I guess being that like clear-cut honesty oh exactly uh and and that's funny like uh it's a bit contradictory like you know i would i was worried that you know they would judge me and and that sort of thing but i had to look at look at it like introspectively i was actually being judgmental towards them by by thinking they'll be judging me (laughs) so so yeah, honestly, like, and, and even my father, my, my father was the scariest person that I'd have to mess up to because my mother's actually, my mum's very open-minded, very yeah. spiritual and very, very easy to talk to. But my father's a bit more traditional in his thinking. Okay. Um, and, and I thought, holy crap. And, you know, and the way he used to talk about people doing drugs, like, oh, they're useless and, you know, oh, he's just on the drugs, that fella. And then, like... It would hurt me because I was doing. It. I'm like, wow! Can you imagine if you knew what I was doing? He's going to completely be furious with me. So I, I suppose that stopped me from coming out, out earlier. So like, I, I suppose that my twenties was consumed by drugs and alcohol. <laughs> Thinking back now, and and yeah, I suppose if I came out maybe earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have been on that path of destruction so long. But like I said, I, I, it was just fear of being excluded uh, from the group, from the, so to speak, and that, that the pack is my family. Yeah, so to help people who may or may not be going through similar past experience to yourself, what strategies sort of helped you to process those past addictions? I, I personally, so I, I pretty well decided that I needed to replace the toxic habit with more positive ones. Yep. And I set, I actually set myself a goal of uh, competing in my first natural bodybuilding. So it actually made me more accountable because when you're training for a bodybuilding competition, you can't go on those three-day vendors and nope. do a workout on the Monday and because you'll just lose muscle. I, um, I joined up uh, again with my with my really good friend. His name's uh, Andy McKenzie. He's, he's, a, he's a real role model for me as well. He's my coach. So what I did, I signed up with him again and said, mate, I want to get off this toxic behaviour. Mm-hmm. Um, new training. Let's let's train for my first bodybuilding. And, and because I was paying for his service, it made me accountable is, is what I found. And it made me accountable because he would set programs for me and I'd have to follow them. He's actually got his own app where every time you finish a workout, you fill in the details and then you put a comment and I just loved it because every day it meant I had to, I had to do it so that was that was a real fantastic um, decision that I made another one is I developed a morning routine 
And I actually, I agreed with myself to follow everyday no matter the circumstances. And my morning routine, it, it would consist of first waking up really early. So I try and wake up at between 5 and 6 a.m. every morning. And then the first thing I do <laughs> is make my bed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is, I know it sounds, that sounds quite, quite funny, but um, actually I got that, I got that habit off a really good friend of mine and, and she, she actually, uh, she said, yeah, I just feel so great after I make my bed because it feels like I've achieved something already. So I started doing that at the start of the year and even just a small little habit like that, it's amazing how much of a difference it makes personally to my mood. Yeah, that, that was just really good advice that I received from after I make my bed, what I do is I've got a I've got a little thing of sage, like a little they're like dried up, like dehydrated sage, and I light that and actually smoke uh, smoke around the area where I'm going to meditate. So it creates this like space that's quite safe and comfortable. Like aromatherapy. Exactly, aromatherapy. Pretty well. I, and you know, it could be a placebo, but I really feel like. Um, it gives me a feeling of comfortability and I, I really feel like because people have been using it in cultures all over the world for thousands of years and I, I just find sage very interesting. Like I, I kind of think if they've been using it for thousands of years over all of these different cultures, mm-hmm. surely it must be a significant thing to be doing. <laughs> like, and it's sort of that association, I guess, like every morning... As part of your morning routine, that same smell, like sense, is like it sort of indicates that it's meditation for you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's never actually thought about it like that. But <laughs> you've actually you've, you've proved a very good point there. So that's that's fantastic. Yeah, that's that's another reason, obviously. And <laughs> after I like after I light my sage, what I do then I've got an, an app which I use, which is called Calm. So this is yeah. this is a meditation app and. I just do like a morning meditation for 15 minutes every morning. And I, before doing my meditation, I actually try not to look at my phone. I don't want to get distracted by social media mm-hmm. um, because I feel like it creates all of this unnecessary energy and it distracts me from my deep breathing in my meditation. I usually meditate between 15 and 20 minutes. After that, what I do is I think of my top four core values in life. And my four, my four values, which I go through, is number one, to be kind to people and, and make everyone feel important and special, to show, show my love, even to those who aren't friendly because they're probably the people who need the love the most. And, and this is another thing, like, love for me, I never used to give any love growing up because I felt like that was unmanly. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I feel like at the start of the year, I've almost unlocked a box inside it filled with love and I was also always so scared to even say the word love but now I'm using it with everything and I'm saying it to people, I'm saying it to my friends, I'm saying it to my family, I'm giving love to, to everyone who I see, like the unfortunate people on the streets and I feel like now I've completely opened all new traits that I never thought I had in me. So I feel like I need to give all this love to people. Number two of my values is to be kind to myself. Like I'm showing uh, appreciation for others and, and love. You know, being compassionate. I'm giving it to other people. Why shouldn't I receive? Like, why shouldn't I give it to myself? 
And the good yeah, tip for that is like using a gratitude like journal each day to reconnect to yourself as well. Why don't you say that? Because <laughs> that that's on my number five of okay. things to do. I go through it. It's a gratitude countdown. So I count, yeah. I list 10 things every day, which mm-hmm. I'm grateful. Yeah. And it could be such a little thing like I'm grateful for that sun passing through the window and landing on my forehead. <laughs> like, this. <laughs> I'm, I'm thankful for the littlest things because I, I really feel like the littlest things that bring some of the, the biggest pleasures in life. So that's, that's funny that you mentioned gratitude because that's, uh, that's actually in my list. Yeah. And also, like, number two of my, my core values is eating healthy, healthy, nutritious food, exercising. And because I, I feel like with, with food, I feel like it's, it's kind of like putting good fuel in, in your nice car, you know? Like, you're not going to put dodgy fuel in, are you? <laughs> You've so got to make I'll, sure, yeah, it's got all the right nutrients and all that, yeah, to feel exactly. your body, yeah. Oh, exactly, and, yeah, so I try and treat my body with respect. And like I said earlier, like, it didn't really align with my values, doing, like, doing drugs and and alcohol on the weekends. Uh, it's completely not in line with my core values, so I had to eliminate that from my life. So number three... On my core values is respect for nature and show love to nature, like animals and plants and trees. And especially the last year, I've I've got this incredible connection with nature. I feel like nature for me, it's like always there for me. It's a very reliable source when you're feeling down. Number four of my core values would be I love I love to learn. I love learning new things every day, getting better. I suppose I feel like uh, every day I want to learn something new. You know, whether that's how to cook something or something something else random that I never had an idea for. I think it's incredible learning new skills and it's amazing who you can learn off as well because everyone, you know, has something to teach you. And then like after I do all that, usually I like to go for an early morning walk and I like I love love listening to audiobooks and I usually choose like something inspirational or, or motivating. Yeah. And while on my walk Another thing I love to do is practice mindfulness, you know, which is something like smelling the flowers, uh, appreciating the birds on your walk, and just acknowledge being in the present and not thinking about what's happened in the past or being up in the future because I really feel like the best things in life are happening right now. And I feel like I'm, I'm at my happiest when I'm acknowledging that those things happening right now. Like, like the smell of the flowers, like, for example, yesterday, the, the change in seasons has, has brought incredible smells to the air. It's really hard wearing a bloody uh, face mask yeah. at the moment. <laughs> but I try. <laughs> it's so frustrating. Um, you know, try and really um, take in the smells. Sometimes it even gives me goosebumps. Like, I love it that much. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah that, that's something that really brings me happiness. And there's another thing that I actually uh, like to do as well. It's called grounding. You know, have you heard of grounding? I have heard about it. Yeah. So actually, I started grounding again at the at the start of the year. I, like I said earlier, I have this connection with nature. And what I do every morning is I like to stretch onto a tree and feel like feel the energy come off the tree because I see a tree almost like a like a very wise old man who's been through 
lot of adversity. And I feel like the tree, when I hold it, gives me strength to get through, you know, times where I might be feeling down. The way I hold a tree is after a big storm, you know, like there's big winds, there's lightning, the tree might go through a bit of pain. The next day, sun will come up and the tree's standing. And I, I really do look at trees as people. Stretch. I actually have to stretch along on a tree because I'd, I'd really love to hug the tree, but obviously that's socially inappropriate and I get a few usual looks. <laughs> so what I actually do is just I pretend I'm doing like a calf stretch on the tree so it doesn't look un- unusual. I don't get uh, unusual stares from people. <laughs> I've never yeah. actually like thought about the tree as a symbol like the way that you're describing it's quite interesting perspective yeah it is interesting to me nature is such a reliable source because nature will always be there for you people won't necessarily always be there for you but you know what that that oak tree in the park down the street that'll still be standing that'll still listen to you this energy that I feel when I hold the tree, I almost feel like I'm, I'm a part of it, like I'm a, I'm a branch coming off. Mm. And I close my eyes and deep breathe and it just, it's unusual to explain, but I feel very lucky to have relationships that I have with nature. And what sort of motivated you to help others going through a similar path in life? Well, both of the feelings of anxiety, worry, other feelings are there. Anger, mm-hmm. fear, and I suppose guilt as well. Like all those feelings were absolutely destroying my life. And these were the signs, along with my alcohol and drug abuse, that I was heading down a just, you know, a destructive path that wasn't the path I was put on this earth to follow. I know for a fact that so many people are abusing things and participating in, you know, in those sort of toxic habits and behaviours that deep down they know that. It's just a band-aid for the, for the real problems that they're facing in their life. I want people to, instead of resisting these feelings that they're getting, to actually embrace them, to acknowledge them. And if they look introspectively why they may be having these feelings and to use this as motivation to change. I'm not one to offer advice unless someone actually asks for it. But I believe that everyone has the answer to, answers inside them and it's just about actually making them realise this because when people actually come up with their own solutions, they're more likely to follow through with them and be motivated to make that you know, that drastic change in their life. Yeah, so I feel like by encouraging people to work out what their own core values are and maybe what their passions are in life, I'm, I'm actually hoping that this will help them through really tough times and offer light at the end of the tunnel, which, you know, sometimes it can be so hazy. And today I feel so great what I've been through because it's given me the ability to really connect with people who may be suffering. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, like sometimes I feel that I was, like honestly I feel sometimes that I was meant to go through, you know, these these troubles so that it gave me insight, the emotions and feelings that others are experiencing. You know, at, at times, like I can literally, you know, feel, feel the pain and I can see it in their eyes because I have this feeling that I've been there. I know what they're experiencing. Making the executive decision to, to change my life path has completely changed my whole life in, in the most positive way. And I suppose I, I really want to help others achieve this too because you know, it could potentially save lives. Sometimes it just takes a small step you know, to start this, this uh, journey, you know, this change in someone's life. And 
I'm a real believer in momentum. You know, it just takes a little bit. It's like, you know, the hardest bit of gym, like staying fit, it's not actually the exercise, it's you know, putting on your trainers to actually go getting, to the Getting to the gym. <laughs> so I'm a real fan of momentum, and momentum means, like I said, like putting on your shoes, like that's momentum. You're heading in the right direction. And if it's just a small step every day, like that's all it takes. If you improve by 1% every day, you've improved by 365% by the end of the year. Yep. So, you know, that's, you know, <laughs> that's a drastic change. So it doesn't take much and, and it, it's patience. Like, um, and the thing is with change, you know, part of the circle of change is relapse, you know, and sometimes a relapse will be possible. And I'll be honest, I've, I've had a couple of little relapses on this journey as well, but you know, that hasn't affected my journey. You, know, you, you just keep doing your habits, you keep going, you keep going, keep pushing, because eventually the relapses will become less and less, and at the end, you won't ever think about it. It'll just become second mate. Exactly, and like so that links into like one, someone close to me gave me like a piece of advice one time, and linking on to like what you were saying with momentum, they were like, don't worry about having sort of a complete wall, like sort of filled. They were just mm. kind of like, build that wall like gradually like brick by brick and that it's a famous quote I think by Will Smith or someone and it just Mm. kind of links into realizing that you don't you know have to have all the answers right away but if you at least have sort of a purpose or like a vision for how to get there yeah it definitely can make it all the difference yeah how good's Will Smith by the way (laughs) he's an absolute legend he is (laughs) yeah yeah speaking of role models (laughs) <laughs> yeah no look I completely agree with what you just said like Rome wasn't built in a day and exactly. uh, the, the best things in life they take the longest time like they don't just happen like, like that yeah so and that's one thing as well which I've really had to work on like I'm naturally not a very patient person I've never been a fisherman I want things done you know today and I've learnt like if you can be patient when I'm patient I make better decisions more, more rational And so my last question today would be, why do you think awareness for Are You OK Day is important? There's still a stigma that reaching out for help is considered, like, weak. And for for males, like, males in particular, it's unmanly. Uh, And I suppose people are sometimes embarrassed to get help. This style of thinking, like, seriously, you know, we're in 2020 now, it seriously has to change because... It's costing the lives of so many beautiful people who have so much to give this give to the world. And, you know, it's, it's funny, like, after a week, you know, after a weekend on a building site, it's Monday morning, <laughs> one might ask, G'day, mate, how are you going? And a typical response is, you know, usually, yeah, mate, good, and yourself? Mm. Like, and I just, I just wonder, I just wonder what would happen if that person said, Oh, hey, mate. No, not that good, actually. So bloody depressed, and I just don't want to friggin' be here. Like, I wonder if people were actually honest, and if this started to happen, you know, maybe that guy can go, oh, do you want to talk about it, man? I wonder how much of an improvement this would be. Bleeds away into someone else, then admitting that they're not doing okay as well, potentially. When someone's vulnerable, that person becomes vulnerable. It's, It's addictive, contagious. Being vulnerable, that's such a key, that's such a key to this day. 
And that's why I love AEOK Day, is it puts emphasis on the fact that it's okay to talk about your feelings and it gives permission for people to be vulnerable. So, yeah, I just, I just love it. And I, I wish, you know, I wish, I, like, are you okay day? That should be every day. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. It's like Valentine's Day. What a, I'm not a fan of Valentine's Day, by the way. But shouldn't every day be Valentine's Day? Shouldn't you love your partner every day? But honestly, it's every day. Yeah, we well, should check in on people consistently rather than just every now and then. Exactly. Like what you just said, 100%. <laughs> well, I really appreciate you sharing your story today. Oh, look, I've, it's been such a privilege to share my story. And I actually feel incredible after this because, you know, I've, you know, I've got to tell my story and, and I'm not afraid to tell my story. And that's what I wanted to give out, that, you know, don't be afraid to come out and, and speak, speak the way you want to speak and be the person who you want to be. Exactly, and be proud of, you know, your struggles, but also the things that you've learnt from that and the person that you are today. And I'm sure a lot of people can resonate with that. Well, that's what I'm hoping. Yeah, I'm hoping that, you know, if I can't come out and be honest, I'm, I'm hoping that others can actually do the same and don't be ashamed. And potentially you could be that leader, you know, because you've been vulnerable and shared your story, then more people would feel comfortable talking to their mates about it. Yes, exactly. That's exactly right. Thanks for your time. If anything has come up after today's entire podcast, I would recommend you to call Lifeline on 131114 or you can text them on 0477131114 between midday and midnight each day across Australia and to follow on from Matt's fitness ISO gym that his journey that he has created you can follow him on Instagram at m-a-t-t-n-u-n-a-n Matt Noonan and you can also support my podcast page on Instagram at heal underscore thy t-h-y G-U-T, gut. He'll underscore thy gut. And you'll find the podcast page where you can keep updated on when the next episode will come. And also I would much appreciate if you could leave a review on Apple Podcasts as this podcast is entirely self-made and currently volunteer 